Hi friends, I'm Erin from Whalen Farms and Erin Whalen Online, and this is a podcast about my family's homesteading journey. From an urban farm in Washington State to 100 plus acres in Tennessee, this is our journey of how we got to where we are and how we are building our homestead from the ground up. Hello friends, we are live and, oh gosh, I just hit my mic. Um, I'm again on YouTube as well as on the podcast platform. And my mother informed me that apparently because I was on YouTube, I was nervous and I was talking too fast. I also just realized I'm probably wearing the wrong earrings because they're literally singing. Like they sound like chimes. So I also apologize about that. But I'm going to try to um, not speak so fast. I have actually improved quite a bit. Um, I'm also trying to figure out where to look on YouTube. I, I, I keep looking at myself and I should be looking, I think, in the little left-hand corner. I've been doing this in some form, sharing content. It started with the blog since Tyron was a baby. You think I would be better at this, but um, here we are. I'm obviously not. But regardless, I'm going to try to talk better. I'm trying to look in the camera and we're going to engage both the podcast audience and those on YouTube. If you do enjoy YouTube and you're listening in the podcast form, I'm not looking at my mic like I can just speak to you. Um, jump over to YouTube. If you also like to watch things on YouTube, you can see my outfit today that I specifically put on just for the people in the video because it is Monday here. And on Mondays, we homeschool hardcore. We get the things done. I find if I can put my head down on Mondays and really just push through... I hit my mic again, I'm sorry. Um, the, the week just goes so much smoother. Um, and so I'm trying to get my podcast done on Monday to release on Tuesdays. And um, my YouTube, my other YouTube videos that I'm also working on. So you're welcome for this information that you didn't want, but there you go. Um, a little bit of housekeeping though, Speaking of my mother, um, she has just come out with her own podcast, which I want to tell you guys about. I'm, I'm very excited for her. My mother, um, for years and years, has been an entrepreneur. She always wanted to, she was always trying to do different things, which is what I credit me wanting to do different things. My sisters, the same, all my sisters, like um, Leslie, my sister Leslie's a stay-at-home mom, but she also has like a shirt designing business. She designs graphics for shirts, does shirts. I'll link her below too. She's amazing. She started out, she still has jewelry as well. Um, and then my other sister, Emily, she's a realtor. She's done social media. She's done so many different things. We just want to create. And I think all of us have a very hard time working for someone else. A realtor, yes, you have like a like a top down or whatever, but you're, you're basically working for yourself. You're trying to find your clients, you're connecting with people. Same thing with my sister, like we just, I think creative minds have a very hard time working for like a boss in a standard role. But like versus my husband, he loves working, he works in retail and he is the the head of the establishment that he is at. So a lot of you guys know what he does, I should probably just say it, but I'm not going to. Um, but he likes the rules and implementing the rules and following things and he likes charts and graphs and numbers. Um, and he just, he thrives off of implementing what has been given him. Um, and so there's to each their own, right? But I love being creative, which I think is one of the reasons why I love homesteading. I love thinking of the box. I don't ever take anything someone says and I'm like, gospel truth. I'm always digging. I'm always trying to figure things out myself. And again, we'll, we'll circle back around. I credit my mother with that. And so um, my mom years ago after my, so after my, my wedding, actually, she 
and my dad used their house as a wedding venue. So it was called Denison Ridge. It was in Clayton, Washington. And, um, and they had my sister and her husband's wedding there several years before ours. But after our wedding, they were like, let's make this a thing. And so they established Denison Ridge. They went on to, oh gosh, I don't know how many weddings they had there. Like tons, tons and tons of weddings. A couple hundred? I don't know. They did it for over 10 years. And my mom was so amazing. My dad worked full-time at the same time. They paid out their house. They did so much with that. And so she's now um, kind of doing, I think, a mentorship like business podcast where she also has a book. If you want to start a wedding venue in your backyard, I believe it's just called Backyard Wedding Basics. Um, I'll, I'll find all this and I'll link it for you. So you have the information below in the podcast and on YouTube. Um, but anyhow, so I credit her with a lot of this and she's starting a podcast. So I wanted to give her a shout out. She also told me to talk slower. So we're doing that as well. Um, oh, also, also, uh, I am, so I'm trying to structure my year to where I don't fail. <laughs> um, and so I, I so much, so often take on an extreme amount of things thinking, I'll figure it out. I can homeschool the kids. I can make everything from scratch. I can manage the homestead. I can DIY. I can, you know, I can do all the things, right? I can do all the things. And so what's a few more things like, you know, adding YouTube and trying to write a book and trying to start a ton of, like whatever, right? But I'm, I'm realizing that that's probably a bad plan. It hasn't really worked in the past. And so I'm trying to say, okay, Erin, let's structure things better so that we don't fail because I really hate to fail. And it, it's a real hit to the pride and um, it's not fun. So what I'm going to do now for the podcast is I'm going to do, I'm going to do eight episodes on. So it'll be, it'll be roughly like around two months and then two months on. And then I'm going to take two weeks off. Then eight episodes on, so an episode a week. So eight weeks on, two weeks off. And so each one's going to be a season. Season one, season two. We're just going to cut. We're probably going to, I don't know what season I'm going to start this on because I've been podcasting now for two years. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll do something. Anyhow, so just so that you know, so this is episode two, I think, of the new year or this is episode three. I'll figure it out. Um, this is the second episode on YouTube. I know that much. And so I'm just trying to strategize. There's a lot of things that we want to do on the homestead and everything else. And I can't burn out. Um, and I, and I know myself. So, so we're just, we're preventing things like that from happening. But today, after all of that long intro, I apologize. I want to just, I also want to try and make these shorter. I'm going to try to condense these into 15 or 20 minute podcasts because I feel like I can get, I'm very wordy sometimes. Shocker. <laughs> um, and so I want to condense these so that I give you information that you can go out and take with you. I might do some interviews later on that have more content that's a little bit longer, but for what I can, what I need to say, I can probably do it in about 20 minutes without all the added stuff that I throw in there every now and again. So we're going to try to do that. And so today I really want to talk about community and finding community when you move, or if you're like you move to, even if you don't move across the country like we did, if you moved, you know, to the country versus from the city and all of a sudden you're doing these homesteading things and while you love your friends and you're not ever just going to abandon your friends, you need people who are in your niche, who are in your community, who can, who you can relate to and who can also lift you up and have, and they have knowledge that maybe you need and you can kind of go back and forth and problem solve together or that your kids can do 4-H together, or that you guys can live life with these other people who have decided to live life similar to you, because it's just so much so much more beneficial when you can find a community to where you're doing life with. And I think, 
especially this this last you know few years since COVID, a lot of us have become recluse and we've become loners. And I struggle with this so much. Like our church had an event last night. We probably could have made it. Um, Travis worked late. He told me he tried to get it off early. And and even then I was like, I was almost using him as my excuse of like, I don't want to go. And I do want to go because when I'm there, when I'm there, I enjoy it and I have so much fun. But the the getting out of the comfort zone of your sweatpants in your house and doing the normal things to go out and interact, like we, I've lost. But I, I will just speak, I hit my mic again, personally, is that I've definitely lost the ability to go out as much or lost the drive to go out as much as I used to before everything happened. It's not because I'm scared. It's not because of some sort of, it's just, it's laziness. And especially when you have young kids, like, and especially with my church community, like I want to be involved. And so you're constantly at war with yourself. And I feel like that's, isn't that all of our problems in life is usually we're at war with ourselves. Like I want to lose weight, but I don't want to stop eating these things. Or I want to get in shape, but I don't want to get up and work out. Like half of the things or more that we have issues with are us with our, I was telling my kids the other day, it was so funny. They were like, oh, I want to be an adult because you can do whatever you want. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> you feel like you think you can, but if you want to live a specific kind of life, you are constantly going to have to put yourself in situations that you don't want to do, but you know you need to, to better yourself and better your situation and level up. And, and that's hard to do. And you don't ever come to this like point where it's just easy. You know, that doesn't ever happen. And so when you look for community, not only do you, are you looking for community, but you have to be willing to invest the time and the energy and push yourself out of your comfort zone to become part of that community. And so I am a Christian um, and I come from the aspect of a faith based in God. And so maybe it's different for you, but I think a lot of this will still apply is like, but I'm speaking to my Christian friends right now because it has been on my heart so much is if you are a Christian, I believe that you should be in church. I believe that you should be in community with others who share your similar faith and values. And I have just seen, so it's so weird to me because I've seen so many friends and so many people that grew up in the church and they have a very strong faith, but because of kids or work or life or just, you know, you can't attribute it to laziness. I mean, you just, it's, it's the weekend, so you don't want to, you know, like I deserve a break. I worked hard all week long. I don't want to have to do this. And so we don't, but you are, you are limiting yourself and limiting what oh, I don't, I have the, I can't think of the right word, but like if you grew up in the church and you went there, you have this strong faith because of what you did. And I know not everyone's going to believe that you need to go to church. I do believe, I believe it is in the Bible. I believe God asks you to commune with other people. I believe the church is essential. And so you see these people who went to church all their lives. They have a strong faith in God, but they're not taking their kids to church. I'm, I'm asking you, how do you think that your family is going to develop into the person that you want them to be if you're not giving them the things that you got that helped you to be who you are? So if you were involved in the church, just doing Bible study by yourself at home, I don't think is going to get you there. I think you have to be in church with other families. And by doing that, you're, you're giving them this community of like-minded individuals that they can establish life with. They're going to go to Sunday school with these kids that they're eventually going to grow up with and they're going to be friends with and they're going to hang out with each other and they have the same values so that hopefully 
as a parent, you just pray, you pray and you put your children in situations and you parent them in ways that you hope will get them a strong faith in God and a strong value system to be able to do life with. You want to give them these key components that you hope will help drive them to the correct decisions in their life so that they will be successful and not just successful, but that there's an end game. Like we, our end game is, is heaven with Jesus. And so if you're not living that life to where the expectation at the end is heaven, to me, like for my, that's, that's my biggest fear is that my, and I don't really have a huge fear. My kids have accepted Christ. Like, obviously you can fall away. I understand that. But I, I feel like we're doing what we can to lead them to the correct path so that their souls are saved for beyond this world, because I believe beyond this world exists. <laughs> um, and so community for us as a Christian family is church. It's being in church. It's being involved. It's it's putting ourselves out there, which is very hard, especially in a new community, because you have to find churches that have the same kind of like standards that you have, because there's so many different ways that people can interpret, interpret the Bible and everything else. And there's different divisions of Christianity and everything else, right? So finding one that mat that meshes with your core beliefs and, um, and then really digging into that church. And so we had a church that we went to for the first year here that we did Awana in. I originally found the church because of Awana. I thought Awana, honestly, too, if you have younger kids, it's a great way to get your kids associated in Bible memory verses and reading the Bible and searching out the specific chapters. It's just a really great learning component for your kids. And it's pretty much every Wednesday, like across the United States, I think it's always on Wednesday nights, really great program. And so we found our first church through that. Well, I just, I didn't feel, I liked the pastor. I liked what they were. I liked his sermons, but I just didn't feel community there. I didn't feel, no one asked us to dinner. No one there. I didn't feel accepted into it. I, people said hi and they checked on me and they like at church, but it wasn't ever anything ever beyond that. And I wanted it deeper than just Sundays. I wanted a community that, you know, was weekends and barbecues and events and things that were just more than, and could have we leaned in more to that church? Probably. But again, I don't think we leaned into it because it wasn't the correct fit. And so don't try to push, you know, a round peg through a square hole. If you don't feel like that that's a fit for you, then you need to go out there and you need to try something different. Um, and so we tried a different church and immediately, just immediately, it felt so much different and it felt very welcoming. And we were invited to um, a a Sunday school barbecue at someone's house and we were invited to dinner at someone else's house and we got involved in the homeschool group there and I'm helping with the Awana as a, as a leader. And so like, it just felt so much different. And it, so that was where we felt called by God. Um, and so church, if you are a Christian, is so important because it's, mo it's so much more than just the pastor preaching on a Sunday morning. Church is community. It is love. It is inspiration. It is hope. It is coming alongside your brothers and sisters to do life together. And if you don't have that and you're a Christian, I believe that you're missing out on such a key component that could help you with your faith, could help your family, and just just helps so much more in the hardness that can be being a Christian sometimes. Um, and but a lot, so that's my spiel on church. I believe that everyone should be in church, <laughs> obviously. Um, no hate comments, please. Like, this is obviously how I feel. If you feel different, 
that's fine. If you feel like this was a nudge in, in the direction of church, then I, I pray that, that you seek that out. Um, yeah. So besides that, in community, in homesteading, I really feel like going to your agricultural office. So we call it the egg office. Um, we had one in Deer Park. Everywhere has one. Everywhere has one because they work with agriculture in your community. Um, the farmers never even want, they all know the egg office. And so that's where 4-H is out of. I don't know where FFA is out of. Uh, Future Farmers of America. I would assume it's probably out of the egg office too. I was never involved in FFA. I was only ever involved in 4-H. But 4-H is such a great thing because you have the 4-H president and the treasurer and you have meetings and you have the note taker. And so it's so cool because it's like this adult thing that these kids get to do and fundraising and shows and speeches. There's just so much involved in it. And it's such a great way. Um, Tyron was involved in... Um, it was like a tree course because in Tennessee, a huge part of um, land management and just a huge a driver of logging, like logging is huge here. And so, but and knowing how to log correctly because there is an incorrect way to log and there is a proper way to log and tree sickness and health and forestry, like so much more than just logging. Like forestry is the health of the forest and monitoring that. And so they taught the kids like, if you see this on a tree, what kind of sickness is this? If you see this kind of bug, what does that do to the tree? And it's just fascinating the things that these kids, I mean, Tyron's 10, fascinating what these kids can learn. They did tests on it, and it was just really, really cool. So if you can get your family into 4-H or FFA or something of that sort, I highly recommend it. And even if you don't do that, just being involved in your local fair. So all small towns usually have local fairs. It was one of our favorite things when we were little is we couldn't wait to get the fair catalog and see what was available. I think, I mean, we made bread at fairs. We sewed at fairs. My mom even submitted things to the fairs. Um, we brought our animals. I did. I mostly did horse. My sister did her dog. Um, she loved doing stuff with her dog. And so she trained her dog to do agility and things like that. And so um, it was a blast. And you, you, because you're there at the fair, especially if you get animals, you're there for different times. And if you win this, you go on to this time. Or if you lose this, you go on to this bracket. And so you're just there doing life with all these other people who are doing very similar things to you. And you just like organically, these conversations and things are just gonna happen. You have to put yourself in places where organic conversations are just gonna happen. You're not gonna be part of the fair and go there with your dog and just stand there and stare at a wall all day long and not have conversations with other people that are around you. So put yourself into situations that, where there are gonna be similarities. And I'm not saying you have to align correctly with everyone or exactly the same. That's obviously not what I'm saying. I'm just saying people who have chosen a similar path in life like homesteading, Homesteading families are gonna be completely different than an urban family setting. Like your goals and aspirations for your family are just different. Not one is bad and one is good, they're just different. And so you want to find the people who who correlate and go with what you do, um, yeah, so that you can do life together. Again, like community is important. Another great way to do that is um, through your farmer's market. I was involved in the farmer's market last year um, and I sold some spice mixes, some candles and things like that. And I wasn't there to sell as much as I was just there for community. It is a great way to know other people in your area, other people who are doing things, who have businesses, who um, have other, they're, they're doing things on their farm along, like even beekeeping, like you met people with bees. Can I go see your bees? Can I learn about the bees? Like there's just so many different people 
there we had um, some people who buy stuff from the Amish. Then you learn about the Amish and where their stuff is. And then you can go visit their stuff and ask them questions and seek wisdom from other people. And so it's just a great way to get to know your community. Am I going to do the farmer's market this year? I don't think so. I think that I've got a lot of other things going on, so it's not a top priority. But am I going to still go and support all those people that I now know and that are my friends? Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that, and I'm going to enjoy that, and I can't wait till it starts back up again. Um, also, let me see. A farmer's market. Oh, classes. So if you are Facebook, I'm not generally a fan of Facebook, except for the groups that are on Facebook. Um, I love the group. So if you are interested in beekeeping, just looking up beekeepers of West Tennessee or beekeepers of whatever town you're from, beekeepers of Henderson, like whatever it is, there's generally you're going to be able to find someone who's fairly close. Or even if it's not like a group, maybe you can find someone who does that. And so you can get information from them. And that's such a great way to, again, meet people in your community that are like-minded. If you want to know about goats, I 100% bet you there's someone around you that does goats or show goats. Um, being in 4-H too, or not 4-H, homeschooling the kids has been really nice because there's a lot of um, places that will do tours for 4-H. For, for they probably would for 4-H as well. But for homeschool families, they'll do tours of their facilities so you can get to know people that way. And it's really, really fun. So for Facebook groups are great. Facebook Marketplace, I mean, if you're looking for animals and stuff, there's a lot of, um, we have groups that you can't technically sell on them, but you people sell in the um in the messages because apparently you can't sell on Facebook platform anymore. So people are like DM on the side and everything, but just a lot of, a lot of information on Facebook when you look at that stuff. Also events, if you scroll through, like if you go to events and you just scroll down, there's so many events that are happening all over the place. We found tons of fun stuff to do last year, like in Savannah and parades and things like that, that we wouldn't have been aware of if we didn't know, especially in the South, <coughs> excuse me, in the South, 4-H, I don't know why I keep saying that. Facebook is huge. I love Instagram and I love websites and things like that. But in the South, even a lot of places don't have websites. They just, they just have Facebook pages, which was not how it was at home in the Pacific Northwest. So it's crazy how things, communication differs depending on the area of the United States that you're in. But Facebook's huge here, so I've had to lean back into that, even though it's not my favorite. Um, but that has that has opened up a lot of avenues for, and there's tons of like homeschool groups, or I'm sure there's there's basketball groups, there's baseball groups. Also, sports are really good since we are a homeschool family. Um, we it's different than public school. Like you don't have the interaction of the public school system, and so it can be a little bit harder sometimes to find friends and to get a community for your kids, but you can also be a little bit more picky, which I, I do like. I like the fact that my kids are not exposed to things that I don't want them to be, that I have more reign on what they can and can't see, especially at such a young, impressionable age. And I just, I'm one of those weird people. I love being around my kids 24 seven. I don't want to send them off to school. I miss them. I want to be their primary teacher, their friend, they're confidant. Does that mean I want to keep them in solitude? No, we do a ton of stuff. We're constantly going. The kids have piano lessons. They have Awana. We have church on Sundays. We have sports. We have so many things that we're involved with. 
but we get to choose what that is. And I really, really like that about homeschooling. Um, but it does, if you, you can let it be something that keeps you more solitary, which I don't think is good. I think that as homeschoolers, it's harder. We have to work harder to be out there and involved. But once we find a community, oh, you guys, it's good. So seek out your community in whatever way you can. Um, I've just mentioned a ton of different ways. Um, yeah, tons of different ways. And so lean into that and just build yourself up. Like it's hard to go out and make new friends. It's hard. And it's, it's constantly like you feel like you're on display. You feel like you're at an interview and someone gets to decide if they want to friend you or not, you know? And that's, especially when you're older, like kids, it's so fun to watch the kids because Evelyn just, everyone's her friend. She'll run up to anybody and she'll say, hi, my name's Evelyn. And you're instantly her friend. And I just, I wish it could be more like that as adults, but we make everything harder, don't we? I feel like we do. <laughs> and so it is harder, but that doesn't mean that it's not worth it or not worthy of trying because when you find your community and you lean into them, there's so much blessings that come out of that. You get to bless people, they get to bless you, and just someone to do life with and to share the heartaches and the triumphs of the homestead life or whatever life that you are trying to live. Until next week, friends, we'll see you then.